Welcome back to Apologetics for Tweens. I'm Tom Griffin. Friends, we are nearing the completion of my initial episode series on Christian apologetics and defense of the faith based on the provision of evidence. Today, let's summarize some of the main arguments that God exists. That's the starting point. And add a couple more you might not be familiar with. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everything you do for us, all our blessings, and especially for sending Jesus to save us from our sins. I pray that this message will reach all those who need to hear it, and that in hearing it will help them recognize you in their lives and seek you in a deeper way and find you and believe. May everyone who already knows you, Lord, maintain their faith and be confident to share about you with others. Amen. For non-believers, the following arguments for God's existence require on their part alternative explanations or to show that they're invalid. And these are all philosophical arguments with premises and conclusions. We already covered arguments from science and history and a small number from philosophy, so this is an expansion of that. I guess you can continue to say your belief is a lack of belief, but that's just avoidance and doesn't explain why you do not believe in God. Send me your alternative explanations for these following arguments to tjgconsult at aol.com. But before we go into the arguments, let me know if you think we should continue this podcast series if you found it valuable as well as a list of additional topics or questions to cover. At this point, although there are many other questions out there, most are not sufficient for a podcast and can be answered better with short responses. There are numerous books on the subjects of skeptic questions and difficult Bible passages. I would refer you to two books by Dr. Norman Geisler, When Skeptics Ask, and Difficult Bible Passages. Now, here's a summary of the arguments for God's existence. I'm borrowing a little bit from material produced through a prior organization I worked with called Ratio Christi. First, the argument from change. These are formal, logical arguments. Nothing changes itself. It goes from potential to actual by an external influence. But the external influence needs a mover also. An infinite regress of past movers is impossible. So an unmoved mover is needed. In other words, God. Next, the argument from efficient causality goes like this. Nothing causes itself to exist. All things are contingent on prior causes. Prior causes also need causes. An infinite regress of past causes is impossible and requires an uncaused cause, a necessary being. In other words, God. Something has to start the chain of causes. And then the cosmological argument, also called the Kalam, cosmological argument. This is kind of my variation of it. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause for its coming into being. The cause must be outside the universe, timeless and eternal, immaterial, 
and exceptionally powerful. These facts point to the core attributes of God. Then the argument from degrees of perfection. We naturally rank things by most and least or best and worst. We naturally favor a permanent and stable way of being to one that is fleeting and precarious. Ultimately, being itself is superior to non-being. If these degrees of perfection are real, then there exists some real standard, a real best, to which we recognize internally. This being of all beings, perfection of all perfections, is God. Then the argument from design. The universe displays a staggering amount of intelligible order and precision. Either this intelligible order is the product of chance or of intelligent design. It is not chance, as it's mathematically been shown, to be virtually impossible. Therefore, the universe is the product of intelligent design. Design comes only from a mind or a designer. Therefore, the universe is the product of an intelligent designer. In other words, God. Next, the argument from contingency. If something exists, there must exist what it takes for that thing to exist. The universe exists. Therefore, there must exist what it takes for the universe to exist. What it takes for the universe to exist cannot exist within the universe or be bounded by space and time. Therefore, what it takes for the universe to exist must transcend both space and time. In other words, God. Next, we have the argument from miracles. A miracle is an event whose only adequate explanation is the extraordinary and direct intervention of God. There are numerous well-tested, well-attested miracles. For example, Craig Keener's book of miracles, the creation of the universe, the creation of first life, and the fine-tuning of the universe, all of which we had podcasts on. Therefore, there are numerous events whose only adequate explanation is the, is the extraordinary and direct intervention of God. Therefore, God exists. Then the argument from consciousness, my variation of it, we experience the universe as intelligible. This intelligibility means that the universe can be ascertained by intelligence. Either this intelligible universe and the finite minds that ascertain it are the products of intelligence, or both intelligibility and intelligence are the products of blind chance. But it's not blind chance, because intelligence has never been shown to come about by chance. Therefore, this intelligible universe and the finite minds that ascertain it are the products of intelligence. That source and cause of intelligence is God. Then the argument from the origin of the idea of God. This one's interesting. We have ideas of many things. 
these ideas must arise either from ourselves or from things outside us. One of the ideas we have is the idea of God, an infinite, all-perfect being. This idea could not have been caused by ourselves <clears throat> because we're limited and imperfect, and no effect can be greater than its cause. Therefore, the idea must have been caused by something outside of us, which has nothing less than the qualities contained in the idea of God. But only God himself has those qualities. Therefore, God himself must be the cause of the idea we have of him. Therefore, God exists. And then the ontological argument. We did have a podcast on this, but it's one of my favorites. It's possible that a maximally great being exists. If a maximally great being exists, it exists in some possible world. But if it exists in some possible world, it exists in all possible worlds. Therefore, a maximally great being exists. Therefore, God exists. Then the moral argument, kind of borrowed from William Lane Craig with a variation of my own. If God does not exist, there are no objective moral values, just opinion. But there are objective moral, val moral values. Evil exists, and that's a moral judgment. Therefore, God exists. Then the argument from desire. Every natural internal desire in us corresponds to some real object that can satisfy that desire. But there exists in us a desire which nothing in time, nothing on earth, and no creature can satisfy. Therefore, there must exist something more than time, earth, and creatures which can satisfy this desire. This something is what people call God and life with God forever. And finally, Pascal's wager, which is not really an argument that God exists, but an argument why we should believe in him. Pascal was a philosopher and mathematician from the 1600s, and this is paraphrased. We have everything to gain and nothing to lose by believing in Jesus. But we have everything to lose and nothing to gain by not believing in Jesus. Therefore, believe in Jesus. Any objections to those arguments need to refute or deny a particular premise of the argument. I expect any emails I receive about this will be mainly personal attacks or general statements like baloney or none of it's valid or that's not proof. What I'll look for is any real arguments about the arguments themselves. In any case, don't ever think there's no evidence for God. I pray that these podcasts have given you a measure of confidence and even hope in Jesus. Let that lead to a deeper belief that you can maintain for life. If you are not a believer, I hope these podcasts influence you to at least have an open mind and become a seeker. And if you continue to seek, you will find God. Amen. All the best and take care, my friends.